beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of Wildcard Conversations, my little podcast where I pull random cards with thought-provoking questions for my wonderful guests. I am your host Katja Bavendam and I am so grateful for the diverse group of friends, acquaintances and strangers who come on here with open hearts and minds. What they all have in common is that they have wisdom to share, knowledge to drop, stories to tell and I am so happy to hold space for them, listen to them, sing their praises, cry and laugh with them, and share a little bit of myself as we go along. On today's episode, I am joined by my friend Naki Karcher. Naki is a new friend, so I was thrilled to have this uninterrupted time to get to know her a little bit better. She is the type of person who just exudes this free spirit, positive, tear up the dance floor, bursting with creativity kind of energy. You know exactly what type of person I'm talking about just a pure delight. Naki shared with me how her fantastical childhood in the Florida Keys has made her a lifelong treasure hunter and community builder. I hope you take this episode as an invitation to look at your life and see that it's already full of treasures and that there's still so much more to be discovered if you keep your eyes, minds and hearts open. This conversation is definitely going into my personal treasure chest and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. If you want to hear more of Naki, she is a frequent and favorite guest on her husband Pat's podcast. So if you are already missing the holidays or just want to be blown away by Pat's musical talent, head on over to the Camp Couples podcast, which is linked in the show notes. I say this every time and I mean it every time. Thank you so much for tuning in and I truly hope you find joy and value in this conversation. If you want to support my show, please tell your friends about it. Hit anything that looks like a subscribe or follow button. Hit those five stars. And if you're really loving it, leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. That's my shameless plug for today. And now it's time for you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with the delightful Naki Karcher. All right, Naki, welcome to my little podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And I like to start by telling the listeners who you are to me, how we know each other. You're a new friend. I just recently met you through mutual friends. First time we met was at a end of summer pool party kind of thing. You were there with your beautiful two little boys that were running around, just these wild little blonde children with their wild blonde mom. And to me, it was love at first sight when I met you. It's my big confession of the day. I hope your husband mm -hmm. is okay mm -hmm. with that. <laughs> I saw, you, I saw you again for a fundraiser that you were heavily involved with and in organizing. Give a little shout out here to the Mastic Beach Conservancy. You guys have this group of city people that all have homes out there in Mastic Beach, a small town in Long Island that's on the up and up. And you guys are doing a lot to protect the beautiful coastline. So a lot of cool stuff going on in your life and... I just met you as a super creative, talented person that I wanted to know more about. So I asked you to be yes. on my podcast and here you are. Yes, delighted. I'm delighted. Okay. And you're <laughs> you. a podcaster and you love to talk. So we got this yeah. in the bag. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. I have a brand new card set that I'm excited okay. to try out on you. So there are actually Great. six six categories. You tell me which one speaks to you. So mm, okay, we have dreams, life lessons, mm. exposed, courage, beliefs, 
mm-hmm. and self-awareness. So dreams, life lessons, exposed, courage, beliefs, and self-awareness. Oh, I'm I'm definitely going to have to go with dreams because I dream a lot. Okay. So I'm going to shuffle this up here. This is live, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. Let's see. This one sticks. Mm. Let's see what we got. Got to go with the sticky ones. Okay. So Naki, what did you daydream about as a kid that you would like to make a reality? Oh, gosh. Lots of daydreams, I would say, as a kid. I think that having a blessed child, a fantastical childhood of growing up in the Florida Keys gave me a lot of room to daydream. So I would daydream of being able to breathe underwater and find treasure on the reefs of uh, ships that had wrecked, you know, and crashed on the reefs and exploded with gold coins everywhere and emeralds and chains of all the Spanish galleons. And so I would daydream about finding those treasures. (laughs) Have you ever put those into reality, those daydreams? Definitely. I would say that Some of, you know, I've never hunted treasure, but being able to kind of snorkel and be underwater and see the reefs and the tropical fish. And sometimes we would be snorkeling on these shipwrecks or even small boats that had sunk underwater. And you just would hope that maybe you would find something. I would would say my entire life um, has been a treasure hunting quest. I've even been nicknamed a treasure troll before. (laughs) It makes sense now, because part of the experience that I mentioned, the fundraiser ended ended in an after party at Mm -hmm. your property. And one, I felt like I was walking onto some sort of tropical ranch in Hawaii or something through this gate. And I'm like, where am I? And then there's <laughs> there's this shed there, which I think is called the She Shed. And mm-hmm. it is full of treasures. Right. It is. I, I don't even have words to describe them all. There's <laughs> Native American. There's definitely a lot of ocean related stuff. There's yeah. art. There was a playlist that made me feel like I was high on mushrooms, although I was very sober. <laughs> so it was yeah. the psychedelic experience stepping into the she shed. What are some of your favorite treasures in that shed? In the shed? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say my ship's wheel is one of my all-time favorites. It's uh, probably, I would say, about five feet in diameter, and it's made of wood and brass. And uh, honestly, I don't know the history of it, although I do know that we found it on Craigslist, and we got it, picked it up somewhere in Queens, or just outside of Queens, but on the close to the coast or close to the beach and we got it from this older woman old woman and she had maybe assembled it put some glued some like legs to it and they used it as a card table so it had like a glass top on it and then at some point in the history of it being with her they cut the legs down and then it became a coffee table and then we we, gra- we got it, picked it up, and we strapped it to the roof of our car <laughs> and brought it out to Mastic Beach. 
And, you know, I kept looking at it and I'm thinking this thing, these legs have got to go. I've got to knock these legs off. So the legs are gone. And now it's just this super cool ship's wheel and the brass that's on it has kind of patinaed and it's sort of got, you know, it's the wood is faded, but you know, usually you see a ship wheel and then it has like the, the handles that extend out on it. And then this one has this wood ring that goes all the way around it. And I don't know how old it is. I mean, it might be from the 1800s. It could be older, but you know, it's, it looks a little worn for, for wear on some parts of it, but that would be one of my favorite things along with, there's lots of shells. I've got some alligator heads that I love. My parents commissioned an airbrush artist in the 80s to do a portrait of me. So there's like an airbrushed portrait of me from when I was 10, except for I think I look like I'm 40 in it. Um, <laughs> there's just so many weird things in there. I actually started calling it my brain. And maybe I told you, if you want to know what my brain is like, you got to come into the she shed because now you've stepped into my brain, which is like my dreams, essentially. Which is exactly why I needed to know more because it was an interesting <laughs> experience in that she shed. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it has the disco ball it has the big speaker in it and the floor is kind of elevated so it vibrates and I it's just it's like this vortex I, I wanted it to feel like a vortex which you said you felt like you were in a vortex I want people to come in there and be like what is happening and where am I <laughs> well you have succeeded for sure why do you want people to feel like that how does that bring you joy or fulfillment? Or how do you get a kick out of that? I think that it's for a person that is a dreamer, or that is creative, or just their mind is spinning all the time. I think that being able to create a space that someone can feel something when they walk in, or they can have an experience or an unforgettable experience, it brings me great joy. And I feel that it's important for us as humans to share, either share or, or collectively pull in souls or energy so that we can all have an experience together. And then it makes that either positive energy or that joyful energy become bigger. And I feel that sometimes, I mean, I dance in there a lot by myself. And sometimes I feel that when I'm dancing, sometimes I feel like I'm lifting up energy from like the core of the earth. And then I'm pulling energy down from like the vastness of the universe and then like spinning that around and then throwing it out there. And then whoever gets caught into the spiral of it, and feels it either they come into the she shed, or maybe they just create their own space and their own she shed and are able to keep spinning that energy and creating a vibe of positivity. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> I am all about it. And I did feel that vibe in there. And it is truly like, I'm not just bullshitting you to like, you know, yeah. give you it was an unforgettable experience. For sure. It's, you know, for me too. You know what I mean? It's not just about something that I will forget. It's you have those experiences and then you want to do it again. You know, you want to like, okay, please come back. Please come back and dance again or, you know, feel it. And it's just, if you can keep creating those or bringing people together. I mean, I think that my parents kind of taught me that in some way is 
you know, my parents were social, they would have parties in their own way or have their collective friends with them. And that also inspired me. And then they did it differently. And they didn't do it in the way that I'm doing it. But it I was fortunate enough that it inspired me because I saw them having a lot of fun and laughing and dancing and being weird or even, you know, sexual or free or whatever it was. And it just felt and I was inspired by that. And I think it was a very unique American experience in a way, because not a lot of people were having, you know, social interactions, I guess, in that way either. So you very much stepped into your parents' footsteps and being a person that likes to connect people and bring people together? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I think, I never, never had this dream that I would live in New York, but it sort of pulled me there because... You know, I think it pulls a lot of people there. It's you're you get pulled to big cities because there's more of a collective consciousness in different areas of the world. And we go to the cities so that we can have these experiences. And sometimes, or a lot of times, you leave those cities and then you create your own collective consciousness either back home or in another city. And you know, I think it's really important. And I think that we we as humans need that. And it's healing to us you know it can be really important and it's very special and you either create a community or you create families or whatever that is but it is important for us and I don't think it's just of this generation I think it's throughout time yeah community building for sure and obviously especially after the last two or three years that we had to yeah. get reconnected but I want to take it back a little bit more to the treasure hunting because I'm curious. <laughs> Obviously, it fulfills this creative expression part of you and it, it draws people in. It's interesting stuff. But how does the act of treasure hunting serve you? Mm -hmm. How does it bring you joy? So I think that there is, you know, it's a quest in a way. Sometimes it's something you're like, I know there's something here. I'm going to dig in the sand or I'm going to dig in the dirt or I'm going to swim to this place. I can feel it. I'm going to find that thing. I know it's here. I know it's here. And then, you know, you just keep looking and looking and then like you finally you find that treasure. And I'm not saying it's a gold piece of gold or it's, it's a, an emerald or a stone or anything like that. But sometimes it is that rock or that shell or a, a worn piece of plastic for that matter, because let's face it, that those things are now showing up on our beaches and stuff. But the way that the environment tumbles and creates or softens or, you know, does something to an object that to me, that kind of becomes a treasure. So I am always finding little things that catch my eye or there or for or the way it feels in your hand like there's like a tactileness to an object and that can feel like a treasure like you pick it up and it has an energy and you're like oh this is that thing it's definitely a feeling of wanting to hunt and then you you know find something I've, one thing I've never done is I've never had a metal detector to where you know I've used it and looked for treasure in that can't do it that is one part of the childhood <laughs> dream that you you are not willing to step into you know I think growing up in Florida and witnessing a lot of retirees with their metal detectors on the beach I'm like uh-uh I'm not gonna go there 
go, if it's the treasure, it's going to reveal itself shiny and everything and not, I don't, I won't have to dig, you know, two feet down for it. Should we check back in on that conviction? Maybe in 20 years, you might, <laughs> maybe, maybe five or 10, maybe, maybe not 20. <laughs> I'll get you back for the five year anniversary of the podcast and see if you're out there with your metal detector. <laughs> oh my God. I just might be, you never know. It's possible. But so when I was a kid and we lived in the keys, there was a man named Mel Fisher and he lived across the street from us. And Mel Fisher was in fact a legitimate Spanish galleon, specifically treasure hunter. And he found a Spanish galleon that he had been searching for for 20 years called the Atosha. And he had found other Spanish galleons. And these are ships that had been lost in hurricanes 30 miles off the coast of the Keys. So they he was looking for them forever. So he found the mother load of Spanish galleons. And so over time, they created a museum. And so this happened, I think I was probably, oh, maybe 12 or 13. So that's something that sort of stuck in my mind, too, is we thought that there was always already treasures out there. But then we actually had a neighbor across the street that found a mother load, you know, and so he would come over and he'd have these gold chains on that were Spanish chains from the 1600s around his neck links, you know, gold links. Very cool. I see how that would inspire you to become yeah. a lifelong treasure troll. Mm -hmm. But you also said something where you, you said that you see your whole life as a treasure hunt. So if, mm -hmm. If we go a little bit deeper and metaphorically speaking, how does that show up in your life outside of the actual hunting of the objects? Well, you know, a treasure is a new friend, right? It's a place that you go to that you have never been. It's seeing a bird or a butterfly, or maybe it's, it's a, it's an animal that you think is like speaking to you or they land, you know, something lands right next to you. I mean, these are all treasures I just getting messages. I mean, I could get very deep about for me, what happened. I, lo I lost my brother in the last, last August and it has connected me to the other side, so to speak in a way that I never knew I would be connected to in this lifetime. And so I feel that now I get these messages or voices But I don't, you know, it's not like I'm walking around and like all these voices are coming at me. It's just more like little ideas and they make me think about him or they make me think about, you know, another person that's passed on. And to me, those feel like treasures because maybe it's something that helps my day or makes me have a better day. It's not that I'm feeling grief in those moments. It's something that I feel joy. And so... You know, there's lots of ways to look at what a treasure might be. And it definitely is not a material object, always. You know, life is a treasure. Your health is a treasure. Your family, your friends, the relationships you choose to have. We are lucky we can choose relationships. And there's lots of ways to look, to look at treasures. It could be a really cool car, you know, I don't know, <laughs> whatever it is for you. <laughs> It's interesting that you mentioned people in German, which is my first language. Mm -hmm. a, a term of endearment for your partner literally translated as my treasure. So mm. it's always, you know, felt weird saying that in English to someone. Come here, my treasure. Right. How what is the German word for that? Schatz. So you would Schatz. say uh -huh, so you'd say mein Schatz. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm going to use that now. And it's, it can be for both for a romantic partner or it can be, you know, a mother to a child. So it's, it's sure. kind of interchangeable. Yeah. Something that just popped up when you were saying that this experience of losing your brother, and I'm very sorry. Mm -hmm. that, um, yeah. Thank you. It sounds like that was a, a big experience, obviously, but mm -hmm. it sounds like it has kicked you into another state of being open, maybe. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it made me think of this inherent openness that there has to be in treasure hunting, because Absolutely. part of the treasure is that you don't really know exactly what you're looking for, right? Right. It just, you, exactly. You have to be completely open for whatever it is that comes to you. And something always comes. Like you said, it's just being open to what that is. And it isn't always a material object. It's very cool. And the more, for me, the older I get, or the more at peace I become with just life, it opens, the more treasures come, you know, and I know that I know for me, I've always said I'm open, I'm open or I'm open to new experiences. I'm open to meeting people. And I want that for my own boys, you know, and I think it's important to be open to people and experiences because it makes your life super rich. And that is the treasure chest is having that, you know, beautiful openness to life and experiences and yeah. to, you know, along the way. It's okay to be nostalgic for that rock or for that shell that you found that one time when you were in this place at a certain age or whatever that was. I'm visiting with my mom in Florida and we are nostalgic for certain objects. And I think it's important to talk about it with your friends, to talk about it with your, with, for me, with my kids, because that's how you pass along the story. You know, you, you have the treasure, you have the memory. And you say, oh, I got this then, or remember that time that this happened? And those are the treasures. In terms of objects, if you're willing to share, what are some of those objects that make you think of your brother and bring back mm. really fond memories and joy? Yeah. Oh my gosh. He has given me, he would be someone that I would share treasures with. Like, I mean, both, I have two brothers, so we all would definitely, when we've been on boats together, it feels like we're pirates on a ship. And so I have some soapstone from New Zealand that was carved into a mermaid that my brother gave me. So it's a soft stone, but it's kind of light green. And he gave me a brass captain's quarters sign when we were together once in the Keys, we were on a kayak and we were in the flats, which is it's very shallow water. And so we're in the kayak and we're just drifting around. And I look and there's a conch, I can see a conch shell. You, they kind of blend into the grasses, but I picked it up and the animal was gone. And that is like a gold coin because There's no animal in it and it's clean and it looks like it just died and got cleaned out. I have that conch shell and it's a queen conch. So it has like a big fan and it's very pink inside. It's beautiful. And when he passed and I came down to Florida and then I went after a few days, I came back up to New York and my husband and I were standing outside by the fire pit and or by the she shed. And we hear this big thump in the she shed. And I was thinking, Things are on shelves and stuff falls or, you know, whatever. 
And when I went back the next day, that conch shell had fallen on the floor. And I thought of all the things that could have fallen. And this was sort of set back on the shelf. So yeah, so that conch shell is like such a big treasure of his. And so there's just these little things that I do have. And I didn't realize how it's not that there's a lot of stuff from him, but I didn't realize what I had had from him that I was like keeping with me or close to me through moves and stuff like that. But it is nice to have objects from loved ones and essentially treasures. Yes. And from those, those fond memories, grief kind of does what it does anyway. Yeah. Right. But to, yeah. to find those intentional moments of joy is such a beautiful thing. I've really come to feel that our loved ones that have passed on have so much love for us that they really don't want us to feel the pain of grief. So when I feel emotions well up, yes, I might shed some tears, but in my mantra, my mind's mantra, I'm thinking, I'm not supposed to I'm supposed to shed the tears, but I'm not supposed to be sad. And it's the grief isn't this heavy feeling. It's just, it's like a pass through feeling of just bring it in, pass through me and let it go. And it, it really feels like a relief to not hold it. It really feels so light to let it pass through you to sort of be this like, you know, you're not a vessel holding things. You're like a, a tube I guess, or something, you know, like you're, you're just like a black hole or something. It's just energy passing through and you're like, okay, yeah, bring it on. All right. I got it. All right. Let it go. Wow. That was really cool. And I had no idea that I would be able to process it like that. Yeah. I always think of grief as as this like big thunderstorm. So you're making me think about being on a boat, right? So you're on <laughs> on your boat and everything's going fine. And as you know, from Florida, all of a sudden there's a big thunderstorm and tosses you around yeah. and you just have to let it pass. And then afterwards, the calm after the storm and the beauty of, yeah. of realizing I'm still here. Everything's okay. So. Yeah. A squall. We call it a squall. And then, yeah. It's beautiful. I haven't had grief necessarily of losing someone very close to me to death, but I've experienced mm -hmm. grief with losing people in, in divorce or losing close friendships. And mm -hmm. those experiences, I could relate to what you said earlier, that it has made you more connected to whatever you want to use, yeah. right? The source, the higher power of God universe, yeah. because it does something with you when you're going through a profound loss and being yeah. forced onto your knees and this washing over you that it just, to me, it made me automatically closer to God. So I'm yeah. And I think, you know, when, with relationships, It is harder and more challenging because you're still feeling the other person of potentially how they may not be growing or processing in the same way. So it's, I think, more, even almost more challenging to, you have to work a little harder to even let go because energetically, if you're not able to work 
in, in a parallel way and let, you know, let go and process, it is very difficult. And there is, can be, I think, more grief sometimes. I don't have my brother. He is somewhere else, so to speak, and he's not here physically next to me. So whatever I think of him or what he might be saying to me is so much different than someone who can actually physically talk to you. And so it is, it's amazing when you can process it. And the best thing you can do is, you know, wish someone well and peace and love. And it can be more work because if they're coming at you with not, if they're not coming from, you know, the same place, then it becomes, it just, it's harder. Yeah. It is harder. (laughs) Another question about this whole treasure hunting thing. Have you ever set out for a specific treasure? Let's say you've got your mind set on treasure A and you set out with an open mind and then all of a sudden (laughs) something completely different comes along. Do you have a, a memory that stands out there? I do have a memory. It was when I was a kid and my dad was always up for an adventure and we were on the East coast of Florida. And I'm not really sure what the actual species of it was, but a dead turtle, a sea turtle had washed up on the shore and it was fairly large. I mean, it might've been its back was, let's say almost four feet maybe four feet long. It could have been four feet wide. I don't really remember, but it was a very large turtle. So the, I don't know who, who comes out, but the nature conservancy or whatever, they come out, we watch them bury the turtle. And, you know, the East coast is maybe like three hours from the West coast, which is where we were living at the time. And my dad said, we're going to come back next weekend and get that turtle. I want to get that shell and I want to get the turtle skull. And so we go back the next weekend and my dad brings a cooler and we have, you know, shovels and little hand tools and gloves and things. And we dig up this turtle in the sand and it was completely rotten. And I wouldn't say it was completely rotten. It was not rotten enough to where my dad still did not want to bring it back with us. (laughs) So we had a van at the time and my dad put the turtle we somehow got the, had this big cooler. We put the turtle shell and the head into the cooler and we had to drive home smelling rotten turtle for three hours. And when we got back, I think it was at night and the next day, you know, the, the cooler was outside and my dad was like, all right, we got to, you know, we got to get this turtle shell and we're going to put it in you know, bleach water, whatever we're going to do. And he picked it up and the whole thing just like disintegrated. (laughs) So that's one of my treasure hunting stories. (laughs) There have been times where we have found something in the water and we've put like a tide, like a center block. We're like, we're going to come back to this spot. And this is pre like GPS, pre like Loran. And we've found something and we're like, okay, we're going to go dive down and check it out. And then we go back and like, you know, it had like blown, dragged this, the rock off course and everything. So there's, there was always these adventures in the Keys. Sometimes a whale would wash up on shore and I don't have specific experience myself, but my brother's friends went to to get the whale's teeth and they went into the carcass of the in the fat and the blubber and all over to get the whale's teeth there's lots of stories about 
how how bad do you want this? <laughs> Your dad really wanted that turtle, didn't he? Oh, he wanted it so bad. He wanted it so bad. Well, you got definitely got a bonding experience out of that. What is more bonding oh, than sitting in a van right. with rotten turtle smell for three hours? And the treasure of that is the story itself that is priceless. <laughs> what are some treasures that you are looking for as you look mm. towards the the future? I still think that the quest for gold coins and a sunken ship It's an eternal quest in a way, and maybe I'll never find that, but it feels like it's possible. And I don't know if I look back on my life, on my deathbed or whatever, that ship and those gold coins might be all the stories, you know? I mean, it's sort of, it really is, sometimes it feels like a physical object to me, and sometimes it doesn't feel like that's important at all to say that I want a material object because at the end of the day, we come in with nothing and we leave with nothing. But the treasure is, yes, I'm always looking for something sparkly. I look on the ground a lot. I'm like, you know, I see a little flicker of sparkle and I'm like, what is that? I mean, you live in New York City. Do you know how many single earrings I found? I have probably found about 25 single earrings had living in New York City. <laughs> have you ever found any? I don't think I look for treasures the way mm. you do, but <laughs> I've lost single earrings for sure. So maybe you found one of mine. Maybe I did. Yeah, I should have kept the collection, but you know, I don't think I did. Are there any non-material dreams, treasures, hopes that you look forward to in life? Yeah, I mean, the treasures for me are are traveling and continuing to be active, downhill skiing in different places around the world, and still feeling good and uninjured. (laughs) That indeed sounds like a good goal. Is there a specific mountain place that Mm. you that you haven't skied at that you would like to? Yeah, I think I would like to go to Japan to ski. You know, it feels so completely different than what we would experience. I mean, in America, I mean, I could say Switzerland, I could say, I mean, do you ski in Germany? Yeah, you can. I think global warming has made it a little more difficult. But Mm -hmm. there's Austria, Austria, right? Um, south south of germany but i'm from i'm from the north and i think most people Mm. when they hear germany they think of oktoberfest and mountains and castles and the first time my ex-wife came home with me to visit my hometown and meet my parents she was like you're from kansas (laughs) because (laughs) it's just all nothing it's just all flat and cornfields yeah I think it's beautiful, yeah. but it's definitely not the, the, she's a big skier. She actually went to Japan after we, we separated. So I don't know that much about it, but she's a big skier. So I know that's a destination that's on a lot of people's skiing bucket lists. Yeah. I would just love to know what kind of material treasures you bring back from Japan. Right. I mean, who knows if, if it's in the snow, 
some of my favorite things are like rocks that look like they've been, you know, molded the way that these markings are in the rocks. It's almost like as if they were molded by a hand, you know, they have like palm prints on them. And those are the kinds of things that I'm like, this is not a normal rock. There's something different. There's something energetic about that. So yes, I would imagine that Japan holds some of the natural treasures. I mean, anywhere there's treasures everywhere. There was something I was going to say. Oh, so I found out that my father's family is from St. Avold, France, which is the French-German border, northern France. And I don't think there's anything exciting there either. I think it's sometimes belonged to Germany and sometimes belonged to, to France. And they went from there to New Orleans. That's another place that has a lot of treasures. I've never been. But oh, yes, I should go find some yeah. treasures. The spirit treasures are there. Those are the treasures there, I think, are in the crack of the streets and in the cracks of the buildings. People push things into the cracks and you have to look and see. I don't know. It feels like it, you know? No, sure. <laughs> if, you, if you say so. <laughs> I think maybe I should do a giveaway for the listeners. Mm -hmm. If you can guess the amount of times the word treasure is being uttered on this episode, whoever gets it right wins that number in dollars. <laughs> I love it. I think that's a great idea. There was lots of treasure. Lots of treasures. I love it, though. I don't think we speak mm -hmm. about treasures enough. And no, when you say the, the word treasure, I think it makes people wait, did you just say treasure? Because if you just said treasure, I'm interested. Like it means that you're, if you t speak about a treasure, you've found something or you're hiding something or you know something or you have something, you know, I mean, there's, there's lots of ways, but I do think it's a, a magical word that would draw attention right away. Yes. It's that ultimate wealth. You have reached the Holy Grail. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it, it could be a good journaling exercise too for one of those prompts. Yeah. <laughs> What's in your treasure chest? Both mm -hmm. material things and non-material yeah. things. So sure. today, what's what's in what do you want to put in your treasure chest today? You know? Yeah. Just start look. Like basically that's it. Okay, so we're gonna get a book and we're going to stamp a gold treasure box on it. And then we're going to sell it for $25. And it's just a blank book done. That's Got the treasure. We've got a master plan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. I have one final question for you. And mm -hmm. I am so excited to hear the answer to this. So Naki, what is your greatest gift to the world? Oh my gosh. I think my greatest gift to the world is service. I do love to be of service to my fellow humans. And I, it can be in many ways. And I just want to be helpful and give people an experience. And like we said, you know, being in the in the she shed, it's making people feel good. And I say that to myself, how am I, can I be of service today? You know, and it is a good feeling when you have helped someone. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
all the things. <laughs> and you have just been of great service to me and given me <laughs> a beautiful podcast episode. Oh, thank you. It's been really great. Thank you. Thanks for playing along and telling me all about yeah. your treasures. And <laughs> I hope I see you again soon, maybe in the she shed. Yes. yes, love it. Okay. Well, thank you again, Naki, for giving me your time and your energy. It was a beautiful thing. Thank you so much, Kai. I really enjoyed talking to you.